It's surprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. I am so excited for today's episode. We're going to do a little pre-CIM conversation about how my training has gone, what I have learned, what maybe you can take from my experiences, and hopefully what I can take from my experiences as well. Before we get into it, though, I want to give a shout out to Brio, my favorite recovery company. I love Brio so much. Their mini massage gun is going to be going with me out to Sacramento. I cannot wait um, for this race. I just cannot wait for the California International Marathon. And part of my preparation for that race has been using their mini massage gun religiously before and after runs. Um, Not right after, usually, usually, you know, at nighttime. But I love this thing. Super small, holds its charge. With all of that said, nothing can hold a candle to the Brio foot massager. If you are a runner or if you have a job that requires you to be on your feet a long time or you know someone who fits into one of those buckets or shoot, maybe you fit into both of them. Maybe you are a runner and you're on your feet all day. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) My heart goes out to you. Hopefully a Brio foot massager goes out to you as well because it is absolutely so wonderful, dynamic, and relaxing. Go to us.brio.com forward slash rambling runner. Brio is spelled B-R-E-O. That's us.brio.com forward slash rambling runner to save 20% on your order today. You can also just, shoot, head over to the show notes. You'll see the link right there. So buy a gift for you, buy a gift for someone you love, or just do both. So let's dive into it. California International Marathon this coming Sunday. I am so very excited. I will say, though, before we get into it, I'll repeat this at the end. I will also post this so many times over on the uh, over on my Instagram, rambling underscore uh, runner, is we have two live shows, 345 on Friday with Alyssa Kalarik, with Kafuzi, Mike Coe, and Michelle Baxter talking about their, uh, their striving to break three. Haven't done it before. They've worked really hard to try and do it. They've tried to do it several times, and I cannot wait to talk to them about that. This will be live at the Marathon Expo, and on Friday, we'll be talking with elite runner, professional real estate agent, mother four times over, and just general badass, Sarah Vaughn. She's running her first marathon. Not only is she running it, she's hoping to do huge things in the race. I cannot wait to talk to her as well. We got some meetups as well. McCurdy Train Shakeout, 10 a.m. at Plaza de California at the east end of the Capitol Mall, directly across the street from the Capitol itself. We're meeting there at 10 a.m. for a cool 20, 30-minute run, as well as some tips and just a great place to meet other people. You do not, you do not have to be a McCurdy-trained athlete to, to join in. Everyone's welcome. Everybody. So head over to that as well. And I'm going to be doing some meetups as well. I'll announce that over on Instagram. Just haven't finalized the details yet. Still waiting on the official clearance from those establishments. So you'll have to head over to rambling underscore runner over on Instagram to get that. Now, let's dive into it. So my last marathon over 10 years ago, I like to joke, I took my 30s off from the marathon. I'm 40 now and I'm getting back into it. 
For a while, I swore off the marathon. I had two marathon experiences. My first one was a typical one that you see people uh, running a marathon they aren't quite ready for. Uh, I just had inconsistent training going to the first one. I knew it was inconsistent. I wasn't um, naive to that fact, but I showed up in that race day anyway. Um, it was hard. It was emotional. It was tiring. But ultimately, I finished the Hartford Marathon. And then the following year, I ran the Cape Cod Marathon. My training was completely different. It went very, very well under the tutelage of Bob and Ann Rothenberg, former head coaches over at Brown University. And uh, they run a just a fantastic Ronald McDonald House Club program here in Rhode Island. If you have listened to this show for a while, you've heard me extol the virtues of the Rothenberg clan. Uh, just awesome, awesome people. And I was super ready for the Cape Cod Marathon. I had some really good training leading into that. And unfortunately... I just ran the downhills. It was. It used to be a super rolling course in the second half. It isn't anymore, but it was. And I just wasn't running the downhills with proper form and ended up developing a little bit of a knee injury in the last couple of miles. So I walked it in, unfortunately, but ended up finishing with a 346. So I had a, uh, a really good marathon experience for the most of it, most part of it, uh, or say for the most part, there it is. Uh, but ultimately, eh, you know, and this is hard. This is the hard part with the marathon, right? You can have you know, an overwhelmingly positive experience for a bunch of months. And then just one little thing can happen in the race. And all of a sudden, those positive feelings that you had or could have had, they just kind of dissipate. And we're going to talk to Rachel Gersten next week about this exact topic. But that race left a sour taste in my mouth. And I ultimately, I didn't want to go through it again. And then I was going to run another marathon at various points. And then my training and hiccups and injuries and things like that. Next thing I know, it's 10 years later, and I haven't run another marathon. And I'm talking on this show, on this podcast, with so many people who do amazing things. And as you've heard me say, and it's just so true, there is a gravity to the marathon. Just this. When you're in the, when you're in the, when you're in the running world for a long time, um, and you're in the road running world, which, which, which I am, um, is, you know, the marathon has a gravity to it. It's, it's just an important distance in our sport. And even for people like myself who have sworn it off, who said, I don't need to run the marathon, so on and so forth, it just is this, this ever-present pull towards it. Uh, last year, I started mastering 40 with the idea of trying to break 40 in the 10K during uh, the year of my 40th birthday. That didn't end up happening because I developed knee bursitis in the spring, this past spring, 2021. If you follow that series, then you know that. And didn't get diagnosed right away, and we just couldn't figure out what was wrong. Uh, ultimately, once it was diagnosed and we didn't know exactly what was happening, I was able to recover from it rather quickly, but it was the same, same different year, same story. Inconsistent training for Matt Chittum because of weird, quirky injuries, and finally figured it out in June. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going back to the California National Marathon. We're going to go out to CIM, just like we did in 2018 for some live shows. It's going to be great. And the one thing I, the one regret I had about 2018 was that I didn't run the race. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it this year. I'm taking a big swing. I'm going to do it. And I knew what that meant because I trained dozens of runners every year. And I knew that I did not have the lifetime fitness, especially with the long runs, to, um, you know, <laughs> normally that you'd expect for someone who's about to try to take on a marathon, especially coming off of an injury. And then in August, I sprained my ankle on a training run. I had built up my running in June into, into July. All of a sudden in July, I'm having 40 mile weeks at the end of July. It was exciting. The buildup was going really, really well, far faster and quicker than I had initially imagined. 
And then I roll my ankle on a route, on a, on a trail I run quite often. It's, it's technical, but it's one I run quite often. And it was just a huge hiccup. And we documented this uh, a couple weeks ago. But basically, the month of August did not have a lot of, did not have a lot of running. It was like 75 miles the whole month. At that point, remember, I had already signed up for CIM. I was all in. And uh, I was on the bike a lot, but running wasn't happening, which is totally fine for the vast majority of people. But for me, my big, my big issue with the marathon training was my lack of long runs. And here I am in August, not running. And it was um, nerve wracking, anxiety inducing. I was getting really, really nervous. And it was uh, like, all right, like, when am I going to get back? When am I going to get back? When am I going to get back? I got to stack these long runs and I'm running out of time. And with that being said, that's exactly what I was able to do. Thankfully, just in the nick of time. So right now, I feel as fit as I have ever felt in the last five years. With that said, am I strong enough? to complete the marathon at what would normally be considered my marathon pace. Well, let's dive into some metrics here. Let's get into the stats. So if you, uh, not you, I don't think you have, you probably could do this. I wonder, I haven't looked at anyone else's Strava page, but I know like, if I dive into my Strava page, not on the app, but on their website, you can go to your activities and you can sort and filter by all sorts of things. So if you sort by my activities and go to sort by time, so this is interesting. So I think think about time on feet. And I think there's a big thing here is getting long runs or getting any run really uh, into the two hour mark is a big deal. It's, it's just huge for a variety of different reasons. We have to get into all of them now, but they're all the ones that you would think about in terms of body tolerance and strength. Um, also, just building up your aerobic system. Uh, even if you're not planning on running a marathon, right? Hitting the two hour mark can be a big deal. Also, it allows you to work on fueling and all of those sorts of things. So Let's look at how many runs I have had over the last five years, because that's when this Strava account was created. I think that must have a different Strava account from, from way before this, but this, this particular Strava account that I'm using now was started five years ago. Okay, so runs that are two hours or more. I have 10 of them in the last five years. That is not a lot by any stretch of the imagination. So 10 in the last five years. Seven of those have been in the last five months. Drilling down further, because one of them was in July, six of those, six of the 10 are in the last six weeks. So I have 10 long, I have 10 runs of two hours or more in the last five years. Seven in the last five months, six in the last six weeks. So I am in one, in one, you know, on one side of things, delighted that I've been able to really crush the end of this cycle in terms of time on feet. Not all these ones were pretty, man. I'll talk about that in a second. But I was able to, to, to get out there and put some miles in, which I am excited about, right? So looking at this, you know, two hours and 49 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 36 minutes, two hours and 25 minutes. And then we get into like the, the low teens um, after that. So for around the two and a half hour mark, uh, give or take a couple minutes here or there. Uh, and one being two, under, two hours and 49 minutes, um, which is also great. So six in the last six weeks. Awesome. Awesome. But when it comes to the marathon, a lot can be said for lifetime fitness and just general strength as a runner that built, built up over a long period of time. And this is the thing that I'm lacking. So 
if you were to just go into, you know, your running calculator of choice, or you could just choose all of them and see what it says. I just ran a half marathon as fast as I could three weeks ago at the Richmond Half, which is a great race. I wasn't, I just didn't have the juice in my legs to, at the beginning, but overall, uh, I was very happy with my negative split. I pushed hard at the end. Over, overall, I averaged around 8, 12 pace. Um, I just, I'm not sure why. I think maybe just the drive down or whatever. My legs were stiff. I just, I just didn't quite have it that day. Say so you're going to be extra generous and say, all right, well, you ran 8.12 pace. Let's just assume that on your best day or on a, on a really good day, you're going to run 8.05 pace. Um, I did in the last five miles all under eight minute pace. Um, I just had, just had, yeah, again, it was a weird race for me, but ultimately I was happy with the effort. So let's just say my half marathon current pace is 8.05, right? If we're going to be generous and say, all right, on a good day, this is probably where you're at. Um, if you plug that into a running calculator, you should get a pretty consistent good quality range of what your marathon effort uh, should be at your current fitness level. And for me, we're talking about roughly 8.15 to 8.25 pace would be what you would expect for someone of my fitness level. However, and this is where it gets a little tricky, is what about my strength as a runner? Because for me, one could argue, I have argued in my uh, some of my private moments that any pace is my marathon pace because I just need to get to this finish line because I don't have the buildup, the lifetime, long run fitness, not lifetime, but the last five years that you would expect of somebody who was trying to take on this endeavor. And that is where, from a pacing perspective, things start to get a little tricky, right? In terms of, all right, does your marathon pace really, is, can you really extrapolate it out from your fitness or is it more of like, hey, we're just talking about easy plus here or just easy pace just to get to the finish line. Um, and this is where it gets a little tricky because there's really no way of knowing. On my long runs, and I've already given you the times, the distances have been 18, 16, 18 and a half. I'm sorry, yeah, 18, 16, 16, 14, 14, 12. Um, you know, I also have the half marathon in there as well, uh, which was a really hard effort. And when you have, um, you know, those kinds of miles and that kind of time on feet, it's not bad. Uh, but around mile 12, except for the half marathon, around mile 12 of every single one of these long runs, my body's been like, yo, <laughs> what are we doing here, man? And it's been a grind finishing all of these. And it hasn't, I think, on, maybe on a couple is nutrition related. So there is that part of it. I do have feel like I have my nutrition dialed right now. Uh, it's not that it wasn't dialed before, but there were a couple times where I wasn't as proactive as I need to be to get to REI to get some gels. And I kind of like try to figure it out by raiding my closet and figure out what I could eat on the run. Um, some of those went better. Some of those went a little better than others. Uh, but I do feel good about my nutrition. I do feel good about my hydration uh, for race day. But, you know, it's hard to discount the fact that on every one of these long runs, I finished like just trudging down the street. And um, it's cool to like in the moment be like, yeah, I'm getting through this. I'm toughing it out. I'm pushing through. And like, that's cool. A little, little, little Rocky montage kind of moment. But I don't want to be doing that halfway through the marathon on race day. So that's where pacing can get a little tricky. And to balance that out, there's all the other side of me. It's like, hey, how many marathons are you going to run, right? Like, 
You've only run two in your life. This is your third one. Nothing, you can't take anything for granted. You don't know when your next marathon will be. And you don't know when you're going to be healthy for another one. Again, I want to be healthy for a lot of them, but I don't know. I can't read the future. Um, so part of me is like, just go for it, man. Like, wh what's holding you back? Fear of what, right? Um, and so you kind of counterbalance it with that. So ultimately, from a pacing perspective, I'm probably going to be heading out between 8.30 and 8.45 uh, or so. So uh, probably in one of those... One of those pace groups trying to draw energy from um, from the group. Uh, normally, as a coach, I try to advise my athletes to kind of stay away from the pace groups, just because sometimes they don't do a good job of pacing themselves, and sometimes they go out a little a little fast and things like that. Because my pace right now, there's so much potential variance of what my actual pace should be um, that. I'm probably just going to like stick with a, a a pace group, probably closer to the 8:45-ish range uh, from a pacing perspective, and stay with that crew in hopes of hey, like just that that energy from the group, stay together, get on the bus, keep it rolling, uh, type feel, uh, in the hopes that basically I'm going to use all my tricks, all, all my tools in the toolbox to try to get me to the finish line with uh, hopefully running as a group, being one of them. And I'm excited for that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm going to be doing a post CIM recap. And obviously pacing is going to be a major breakdown after the fact. I will say this. Um, this training cycle has been a lot of fun. And I am really excited to run another marathon after this one. To just stack this training cycle onto the next one. So that, say I'm doing another one of these kinds of episodes six months, a year from now. And say, hey. I've been doing a two-hour long run, you know, 45 out of the last 52 weekends or something like that, right? Something similar to that where it's like, hey, the, the preponderance of long runs in my schedule hit the two-hour mark. And that would be phenomenal. And no matter what my um, pace is or fitness level, I think that would really set me up for success in terms of being able to hold whatever my marathon pace is all the way to the finish line. And I think that's going to be key, not just for me, but for any runner who really wants to make the most of their marathon. And this is something that I think that um, if you just ran a marathon, you're like, I want to take it easy this winter. I want to relax. And yeah, I'm going to do another marathon for sure next year, but I'm going to relax right now. I can understand that inclination. And I'm not going to, I would never force anyone to do anything. And I'm not going to shame you either into doing anything. However, I will say as someone who has taken that mindset before and um, now sitting here has lived to regret some of those decisions. Um, I would, I, I look forward to doing the opposite of that again, not saying that you're going to go hard every single week of the year, but keep running, keep running, keep building those long runs, keep that aerobic fitness going, give yourself a chance to make decisions that will work for you. You can always choose not to run a race, but you can't go back and say, oh, I do want to run that race. I wish I had trained because as someone who has, um, you know, been inconsistent, sometimes by choice, oftentimes not by choice because of injuries. Uh, I do wish I could go back and change a lot of what has transpired pre-2021 in terms of my consistency. So, again, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. But ultimately, I'm really excited um, for this race now. Nutrition-wise, for me, 
I'm going to be doing plenty of gels. There's gels on course. I just went to REI and bought six gels as well, some with caffeine, some without caffeine. Um, so again, I'll be carrying six. I will also grab some on the course. I did that at Richmond and it went great. Really, really good stuff. Um, I can stomach gels. And that's the one thing that's been a positive uh, for me over time is that uh, I guess it's probably part and parcel with my lifelong candy addiction is that I have no problem taking in copious amounts of sugar. And uh, that's a huge positive for me on the run. So uh, I'll be taking gels you know, every 20, 30 minutes and it's not going to be an issue. It never has been. So um Again, I have six now. I'll start around the 45-minute mark, and I'll be grabbing a couple uh, on, on the course. They're, they are going to be stocked uh, as well. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll buy some at the Expo uh, as well. So we'll see. But I did buy six today. I like the goo. I have some couple goo normal ones and a couple goo Roctanes. I honestly, I really don't even know the difference. I just look at the caffeine amount, and I look at the, um, the flavors. So I got some, some chocolates and some fruits and we'll take it from there. Uh, I am so excited for this endeavor. And the last couple of things are, I am going to run with headphones. Uh, I do get a huge boost from running to music. However, it needs to, uh, it can't be ever present. So I want it, it need, I need it for the right time. It's a strategic use of music. I've used that for workouts. I've used it for the Richmond Half Marathon. I've used it for other things. Uh, I have my playlist all set up. I'm not one of those people who needs a new playlist every week. It's pretty much the same music that I've used this whole time. And I'm, I'm partial to hip hop, uh, some banging beats. And I also need, I need the, the, the lyrics need to be on point as well. So if I start to flag or I need a boost, the music will come on and I will take it from there. The weather is going to be fantastic. It looks like it's going to be 45 degrees in Folsom, which is where the marathon starts, northeast of the city of Sacramento. Uh, 45 degrees in Folsom at the start of the race and heading into the high 50s at the finish. Perfect. Perfect. Because that's shorts and t-shirt weather, baby. I'll bring a uh, disposable sweatshirt to the start line for sure. Uh, I have some shirts that I need to get rid of anyway. So that will be great. Two birds with one stone. I'll wear a really, um, you know, <laughs> old or crappy sweatshirt to the start. I'll ditch it at the start. It will then uh, be donated courtesy of uh, you know, one of the CIM partners. And we'll take it from there. Um that's the thing. You know, the, the thing. Also, people who aren't used to colder weathers, I've been running 45 degrees up here in Rhode Island for a while now. So I don't need gloves for 45 degrees. I'm fine. Uh, but if you are somebody um, who doesn't traditionally run in 45 degree weather, especially if it's a little windy, I would advise bringing gloves to the starting line if that's not something you're used to. Um, you know, I've heard one of my runners that I that I coach who's been on this podcast a lot, Kim Sunling. You know, she's from even more north than I am. So she's probably viewing 45 degrees as a nice, buttery summer's day. Um, <laughs> she's running in like snow already. Uh, so, you know, it depends on where you're coming from, but it's going to be perfect marathon running temperatures, which is exactly what everyone is looking for on a day like this. So for uh, the meetups, I'll just say this. I'm, I'm, I haven't finalized this stuff yet, but I'll just say it because ultimately... We're going to make it happen anyway. Um, is that 4.30 on Saturday after the Sarah Vaughn live show, I'm going to head over to the Old Soul Cafe. 
Uh, it's their alley location. Uh, it's the exact same place we had our meetup in 2018. It's a couple blocks east of the convention hall. It's a wonderful, wonderful spot. When you hear that's an alley location, you may be picturing a less than desirable location. It's not. It's beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. My friends in the Sacramento area love that place. And for good reason. I love it too. I was there in 2018. In fact, if you go onto their Yelp um, if you go to their Yelp page and start going through the photos, there is actually a picture from our 2018 meetup. Uh, everyone looks really tired. It's funny because it's actually pre-race. Um, I think everyone is probably tired from, from flying in, uh, but it's a, it's a fantastic location. Uh, Michelle Roos has been on this podcast is in that picture, as is Stephanie Flipman and her husband Mitchell uh, are both in that picture as well. Uh, I actually came across that when I was looking for the phone number for Old Soul Cafe. So that's going to be 4.30 on Saturday. After the race, I'm going to head over to Lowbrow. That's L-O-W, the word low, brow, B-R-A-U. I'm going to head over there. It's not reservation. We're not reserving any spots. That's where I'm going to have my post-race meal. Um, had a nice recommendation to head over there, and I'm going to take full advantage of it. Looks like they have just such awesome food over there that I can't wait to have, as well as wonderful beer selection. I think they brew their own beer too, which is also super exciting. I can't wait to head over there post-race. Lowbrow, meet me over there. I don't know when you're going to finish, but you should head on over. Uh, but at the same time, I'm probably going to be lingering at the finish line as well. I got to figure out. Uh, I don't know what anyone else is doing, um, but I'm checking out of the hotel on Sunday. So maybe a little late checkout and then head over to the airport for a 1030 flight, red eye home, uh, I better fall asleep on that airplane. That's all I can say about that. And then Friday night, I don't know what everyone else is up to. This is going to drop Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, definitely going to do something for dinner on Friday. If you're going to be in town, let me know. We'll go meet up somewhere and have some good times. Um, I love the Mexican place in the Cesar Chavez uh, Plaza, which is actually really close to where my hotel is. Um, I went there last uh, 2018, and it was awesome. So I might head over there again, um, but we shall see. So that's all I have to say about this. I'm really excited for the California National Marathon. I know I'm fit. I am not sure how strong I am, but we shall see. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.